So you turn the TV on and you see the local news where you hear news host Tony Myers. We've got the presidential kite flying event this afternoon. And and sure, I mean, you may have heard this on the Internet. There are rumors that Air Force One may have been struck by lightning and crashed and that this isn't the real president. But we all know that that's just Internet bullshit. And you're definitely meeting the real president if you go to the kite flying event. This guy said bullshit on TV. Yeah, welcome to Fort Boulder. It's public access, so, you know, he's got his own thing. This is the real president. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to Hack and Slash, our spooky, monstrous adventure. I am your DMGM, uh, whatever you want to call me, keeper in the case of this week's system. And I'm here with four amazing monsters. If you could introduce yourselves as the real people you are, along with your pronouns, Ryan LaPlante, he, him. I'm Del Borvik, she, any. Uh, Josh Halbert, he, him. Pam Sparrow, she, they. Kevin Hanna, he, him. And we are excited to be sitting down to have a spooky adventure with a group of monsters. We are playing Monster of the Week. This is the game we are playing, but with a reskin. So those of you out there who are familiar with Monster of the Week from home, we're switching things around because instead of Monster Hunters, our players are playing the monsters themselves, which means instead of charm, they will be using allure. Instead of cool, they will be using obsession. Instead of sharp, they will be using cunning. Instead of tough, they will be using brutality. And instead of weird, they will be using sorcery. Also, helping someone out feels a little not monstery, so they will be joining forces. And instead of protecting someone, they will be guarding someone or something. Otherwise, we are playing with the standard rules, but reskinned. So they are all creepy, spooky monsters of their own variety. Having said that, it is now time for us to journey into a little town known as Fort Boulder. This is a forgettable town in middle America, a town where horrifying things happen occasionally on each and every street and where these horrifying things are often denied to have occurred at all. There are just accidents, gas leaks, weather balloons, random comet showers that change things and a surprising number of hit and runs where no one has ever really been able to explain where the car was or where the car ended up. And inside that town, tonight, on the rare occasion, four of the many monsters that exist throughout the world are all hunting. The first of which, known as the Boogeyman, quite incorrectly, the Boogie Woman, Dr. Donna Belladonna, who has been back and forth from this world to the void from where monsters come when she has been killed. Doctor, uh, what do you look like? Well, I look, you know, like a woman, again, which is why it's so frustrating that I've been called the boogeyman for so many years, but um, I carry myself in a very professional manner. I'm generally pretty moist looking because of the mucus as well as my humidifier that I have going all of the time. And uh, I do struggle with um, some chapped skin because I'm a mouth breather, so... Dr. Belladonna suffers from deep and disturbing allergies. They are her weakness, but as an evil allergenist, they are also the source of her powers. She has been hunting for many years, hoping to pave over the world to get rid of all natural allergies and to make sure that she is finally immortal and safe, hunting down climate activists and the ancestors of the doctor who tried to kill her and accidentally gave her these powers. Plus, she wants to find the man of her dreams. Don't we all? <laughs> There's not too much to ask. And you have been hunting down your last and greatest foe 
Freddie England, the grandson of Dr. England, who first tried to murder you after a failed love affair. Where is your hunting ground of choice? I like any area that's paved or gravel based. There is a quarry inside of Fort Boulder. Mm. And often it is protested by climate activists, your natural foe, because they want to protect that which can kill you. Mm. You have been hunting this particular group of college students, including Freddie England, your white whale, the one you have hunted before, let's say, five to seven times unsuccessfully with a number of bodies left along the way. Inside the quarry, there are many of the the big digging machines that you would expect to see. It's a construction site. There's the construction office. You've been chasing down these climate activists in the dark. How have you been dispatching them? Being um, a medical physician in my training, I have all kinds of tools in my tool belt, um, some instruments, as well as potions that I've collected, poisons among them. Freddie has two friends left with him that you are closing in on the three of them. They have split up. You don't know where Freddie has gone, but there is the foreman's office that you can see inside a traditional kind of school portable style place. There is a massive crane that you saw a figure duck around. And then there is someone who has gone down into the bottom of the quarry. Which place do you want to go? I want to go in the pit. (laughs) Wonderful. You go deep into the pit and you are hunting for your quarry. Can you roll me and I would accept investigate mystery if you're trying to hunt them down or read a bad situation if you think Freddie and his friends may have tried to turn the situation on you. Yeah, you know what? I want to know about that. So I'm going to read a bad situation. And I have a six plus two for my cutting. Six plus two. Okay. You get the opportunity to ask me one of the questions that you would learn by searching the scene. So if you want to tell me what you are looking for, how you are searching, and then I will tell you the answer to the question that you are questing after. Well, of course, I want to know if there's any dangers that I haven't noticed already. As you step forwards... You hear the buzzing of bees coming from behind a a crack inside the walls of the quarry. And you realize if you had gone even further, Freddie, noted climate activist, as well as owner of an apiary, may have a jar of bees ready to throw them at you. With your allergies, that could prove very fatal. Absolutely fatal. fatal. Absolutely. So what do you do? I want to fumigate the entire pit and get anyone and anything out of my way. So you want to use a gas weapon out of your magical (laughs) bag. Now, you don't have that as something you are carrying. However, you do have supernatural doctor powers. You do have a supernatural doctor's bag. So if you could roll me 2d6, you're going to reach into that bag to see if you have what you are looking for. Let me see. Okay. I've got an 11. (gasps) You have as much as you need. So you reach in. What do you pull it? Because it's always an evil doctor version of what you were looking for. So what is the evil doctor version of a gas bomb? Absolutely. So this is quite literally a gas bomb. All right. So it's an evil doctor who just has a bomb. (laughs) Well, it's made from some botanicals as well as some petroleum because that's one of my favorite ingredients. So it's a bomb that I've made from home. Great. Uh, Just a homemade doctor bomb, as we're going to call it. Uh, That goes off and and you hear the buzzing stop and you see Freddy come out coughing. Just (laughs) it's uncomfortable how handsome Freddy is. Clearly, if you had to do Hollywood casting, what actor would you say would play? Oh, well, I'm thinking this is a Clooney situation. Mm. Oh, just just a young. Yeah. Young, young Clooney, Clooney, like maybe ER situation. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah he know. staggers out and he, he you see him coughing and coughing and just going, my bees. Uh. And then he raises his fist and says, you'll never kill me. You'll never destroy the environment. 
Try me. Try me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take your bees. You've been hunting Freddy for so long, and finally you've got him. No bees, no friends, and surrounded by your evil petroleum gas. And he he comes in to take a swing at you. What are you going to do? I'm excited. I'm also a little nervous. And do I really want this to end? I, I have to be honest. This has been one of the most stable relationships I've had in a long time. But I think I'm going to have to kick some ass and take him out. Roll me 2d6 and kick some ass. So I have a seven. You have a seven. That's pretty good. So you you launch yourself forwards. Are you using yeah. any of your, your weapons? Or are you using any of your evil doctor tools? Do you know what? I always have a tap of mucus flowing, and I'm just going to turn it up. I want to make things slippery. I want to catch him off of his feet, and I'm going to take him out. When you say you have a tap of mucus, just so I can picture this, is this a tool, or do you produce enough <clears throat> no, mucus to slow him it's down? it's a production thing. It's okay. me. It's, yeah, it's naturally occurring. So yeah. you take the spout out of your bag and just yeah. hose the whole yeah. area with mucus yeah. as he charges. Yeah. Forwards, yeah, uh, and you both do harm to each other. Yours is obviously far more effective and mucus based than his, but he still takes a swing, and you feel it connect with your jaw. And there's that clack of Ugh. your teeth together as your head snaps back, yeah. But then you just pull your head back forwards again because you know what that didn't include any of your allergies, yeah. nothing can stop you except those allergic weaknesses. So you snatch a hand out. And grab Freddy by the throat. Finally, after all these years, these decades, you will have vengeance and end this family line. What are your final words to Freddy England as you strike him down? Suck it, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the moment where you say, suck it, Freddy. And just as you are reaching out to kill him and to fill him with the allergies that have tortured you for so long, another bomb goes off next to you and you are both hurled back and away from each other. And you see a figure stalk forwards in the darkness and raise a gun and just fire at you. And you're hit and you think you'll be fine because you are a supernatural creature until you hear the buzzing of bees. Oh God. And you realize you have been hit with a rifle that shoots bees. <laughs> and you die and return to the void. This is shocking. Meanwhile, in another area of town, Mark, hmm. you are a mild-mannered police officer with a very unfortunate personality that can take you over whenever you hear the word blood. Hmm. What do you look like as Mark? What's what's Mark's vibe? I think Mark is just average American kind of cop. So born in Boston, moved to Long Island. Things weren't working out there so much, so he so he came down to Boulder. Just regular little paunchy. He's he used to be in a lot of better shape. He used to play a little touch football back in the day, but it, they don't have a league here now. So he's you know he's just uh, kind of scruffy, kind of just a regular guy. And you are related to the famous Mary, the Bloody Mary, carrying the familial curse that you have also been cursed with. Unfortunately, yours is less ritualistic and more accidental in how it takes you over. Yeah, it's a real problem I'm kind of having to go through right now. I don't really know what to do about it. But uh, yeah, my sister, I don't know, she got herself into some weird stuff. Uh, Curses and stuff like that. I never really used to kind of believe in all that, but I guess it's real, turns out. Which is what it seems like to Mark, who Mm. doesn't remember his darker times, mm. but he has a darker personality. And you'd been in town long enough after returning from the void, unfortunately, to overhear someone say the word blood, which means Mark is no longer in his body. Bloody Mark has come out to play. Bloody Mark, who hates humanity, who's disgusted by all human emotion, and who, when he appears, summons magical daggers that appear in his hands at that moment to be able to strike back at the species that horrifies him so much. Mark, what is your preferred hunting ground? Bloody Mark. 
will kill anywhere. He has no restrictions. Where was Mark when he overheard the word blood? At the grocery store. Uh, somebody at the deli department cut their finger and said, oh, that's a lot of blood. And then, uh-oh. That has led to this moment. Mm. Now, one of the big things that's going on with you, Bloody Mark, mm. you have a victim that has gotten away from you for a long time. And this victim is also being hunted by Mark because she is a serial killer. She is the killer who had gotten away originally from Mark at the office. And she is a person who hunts down those who have committed terrible crimes and kills them, which does not appeal to Mark in any way because that is a crime. And to Bloody Mark, who stumbled across her in, in his more evil persona, she is just a human he has not killed who seems to have a lot of feelings. And that's gross. And you were hunting her. So right now, inside this grocery store, having overheard that as Mark, you become Bloody Mark. And Sydney Strode, your, your final girl, is inside this store. You can see her hiding. You've already killed three people inside this grocery store, mm. including that clerk. Whoops. <laughs> How do you kill people, Bloody Mark? What is your preferred oh, this method is, of carnage? Dagger City. So I think he is a, a, a surgeon with these these blades that he has. And I think this is there's a, a calm sort of elegance. Like he's not lashing out and flipping out. This is like a very uh, meticulous, studied... Uh, uh, he takes a lot of pleasure in it. Yep, and I've, I've made specific note on your knives, that your mm. ritual knives, normally weapons are close. Your ritual knives are an intimate weapon. Intimate, you get so yes. close to watch people die oh, because that's so great. Yeah. But you do see Sidney Strode hiding mm. in the back of this store behind a, a cereal box collection that have been stacked up. You can see her in that round mirror that mm. always reflects in the corner <laughs> of these kind of places. Mm. What do you do? Well, Bloody Mark is preternaturally fast, I've seen on this street here so i feel like as the moment that he sees her and she's she's tucked up behind the cereal boxes and right as she goes to peek out and then snap like bloody mark is right behind her mm -hmm. and leans in very closely and goes hello sydney it's been a while are you trying to manipulate her are you trying to scare her? i think scare her yeah scare her oh absolutely delightful uh you see this moment of fear flash across her face but you realize that she knows your weaknesses because she's mm -hmm. fought you before and she just starts laughing maniacally and it's mm -hmm. like oh you're so cute i just love you oh, oh, you bitch <laughs> <laughs> can you roll me an act under pressure to keep trying to scare her while she freaks you out with name. human emotion uh act under pressure for bloody mark no bloody mark get out of here Oh, yeah, wow. Josh yeah. has two character sheets. He has yeah. a Mark character sheet and a Bloody Mark character sheet because yeah. their stats are very different. Uh, oh! oh. oh. <laughs> wow! Okay. Wow. Cool as a cucumber, baby. That's a 14 total. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you do what you wanted with absolute perfection. Mm -hmm. So you are completely unflappable. You know that Sydney Strode just fakes having human emotion. Mm -hmm. She's a killer like you. She's another shark. This is just a game she's played with you before, and you've fallen for it four or five times, you know, <laughs> enough that there were sequels to your original adventure mm -hmm. against Sydney, uh, and you aren't falling for it anymore. So you have her, you see that she's got a weapon behind her back that she's going to try to bring around, but you are unfazed. What is the last thing you say to Sydney Strode? I think he gets right up into her ear. Oh, those acting lessons didn't really pay off, did they, Sydney? And then he goes to give her the old, the next stab. And that's when a hand reaches out and grabs your wrist. And it stops at an inch from her. And you turn and just see an absolutely stunningly beautiful stranger that jams a knife directly into your eye. <laughs> and you die 
and disappear back to the void, having been defeated at your moment of triumph. I was so close. Meanwhile, the Shadow Lady, you are an eldritch being far beyond this world, known to mortals as the Shadow Lady. Mm -hmm. But what is your true name or the closest human approximation that you would use? Yes, no humans can possibly say the word that makes up my existence. But typically I go by S. Would you prefer I refer to you as Shadow Lady or S? I think S is good. Wonderful. So S, you existed beyond mortal understanding, beyond life, beyond death, beyond this universe Mm. inside a majestic eldritch void that was empty except for you. Somehow you could fill all of it and none of it at the same time. And you were at peace Mm -hmm. until you were summoned by a warlock and trapped inside a cursed necklace that looks surprisingly like the one you are wearing right now. Unfortunately so. He had, on his wedding night, trapped you, sacrificing his bride to trap you inside that necklace. And whenever that necklace is put on by someone in the mortal world, they start to see that necklace on their shadow. And their shadow begins to move differently from them, now detached, now Mm -hmm. seeking attention. Because once they've put on that necklace, the shadow lady is trapped inside their shadow Mm -hmm. until she can convince them to take the necklace off and place it on their shadow. And when Mm -hmm. they do, she steps into the world and can kill and kill and kill until the magic of the necklace is sated. Mm -hmm. And then she returns to the void where she is most at peace. As I know you were deeply offended by being referred to as the Shadow Lady. Deeply. And you really don't like it being referred to as the Shadow Necklace. What even is that? (laughs) (laughs) So all of your powers are based off of shadows, traveling Mm. through shadows, drifting in and out of shadows. It's a real nightmare once you are unleashed. You have been hunting your white whale, the great, 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 great granddaughter of the warlock who trapped you inside that necklace. Her name is Lori Prescott. Mm. And you have been subtly and psychically, along with the help of the creatures of the void, moving this necklace closer to her and her friends. She knows the myths. She knows what's going on. But people near her do not. And everybody loves a good piece of jewelry. Mm. So which of her friends did you convince to take the necklace and put it on? I convinced Lori's friend, Michael Sam, man with two names, Can you roll me 2d6? Yes. Uh, Let's make this a manipulate someone because it would be you as the shadow trying to manipulate Michael into putting the necklace on the shadow. So how long have you been in this world? Mm. Eight minus one, so seven. It's been very difficult. It Mm. has been difficult. Not the most difficult. At one point, you were trapped in someone's shadow for nearly five months. But this was a simple two-week haunting. The necklace has been put on you. Mm -hmm. Michael is dead. Lori's other two friends are dead. As it should be. How did they die? As usual, I use shadows to trap my victims. And in this case, I used the shadows to attack them. So Michael was found severed where during the middle of a day, the shadow passed over his body and it was cut. So there's just two halves of him with no other evidence. Majestic. And then the other friend was found only... The top of the torso up and the rest of it missing. Clean cut, nothing there. Mystery. So you are closing in on Lori Prescott, Mm. your ultimate target, your white whale that you have tried to chase down eight times. And you have never successfully killed her on these Mm. missions. But it is now your time. It is the night. She has been exposed. 
How do you want to chase her down inside the house you're currently inside? It's a chase back and forth because the more shadow, the more powerful I am. So once night has fallen, just popping out of a shadow, a little hand turns off a light switch. That part of the house goes dark. Lori tries to run to turn the lights back on. We're just playing cat and mouse, trying to pitch black this entire area. Can you roll me an act under pressure to show you and Lori both competing on turning on light switches and her yes. desperately trying to keep the house bright <laughs> and you weak? Yes. It's a seven. Seven. All right. Uh, you are, are slowly winning this battle. But the thing that you've noticed is... Lori stops. You've made the whole house dark except one room. Mm. She's in the kitchen. She has a kitchen knife in her hand and she's standing holding the light switch up and the light is cast across her. Mm -hmm. So there is only the shadow behind her and she's facing it with the knife mm -hmm. ready for you to pop out and just yeah. kind of whipping her head around panicked and just saying, you'll never get me. You'll never get me, you bitch. Prescott, I'm coming for you. Well, come on out. Eat knife. Because there's cabinets in here. There's shadows in the cabinets. I'm going to try to get in the cabinet and push open a door slowly to try and grab her from underneath. Give me another act under pressure. Because right. she's looking around, but can you stealth this this past her for I this assault? Try. It's a nine. It's a nine. You reach out and you grab her ankle. And what are you trying to do? Oh, I'm just trying to drag her in. And if I pull off her leg in the effort, however she fits, I'm taking a piece of her back with me in the shadow. So you are dragging her into mm -hmm. the shadows and she starts screaming and reaching out with the knife and mm -hmm. stabbing you. But you're in the darkness. You're yeah. where you belong. So every time she stabs you and pulls back, the shadows just seal shut the mm -hmm. wound and you start pulling her into darkness. And you know that this is finally this the is end. This is the moment. What are your last words to her? before she dies. Curse this entire existence, Prescott. And you say this and are pulling her into the darkness and you've almost got her soul finally where you can tear it apart for as long as you need. And that's when her phone dings. And it's a sound you don't recognize that you've never heard before. Mm. And a wall of blackness explodes out of her phone and encompasses the room. And for the first time, you feel the darkness turn against you as it slices through your arm and then slices up again, just like you killed her friend, severing your head. And you are blasted Ooh. back into the void. Ah. Meanwhile, Tailspin, you are different than the other three monsters that have been created in the world through some curse or fault of their own. What are you? My existence came about as an act of nature with human involvement. It was the mid-1700s, and Benjamin Franklin was trying to prove that electricity existed. So he created a kite and sailed me up with a key. Everyone knows the story. And once the lightning hit me and the key, I was born. With that came a great burden because now I roam the skies being created by man, but not understanding man at all. Yes, man is a terrifying creature. So you, as an animated monstrous kite, your weakness is electricity. The lightning that has struck you and given you strength can also do great damage to you. But the storms that surround it help fuel your abilities and can, can turn you into a superpower. 
And you can also take a human form, allowing you to walk among these unnatural and monstrous creatures that you have experienced, looking exactly like Benjamin Franklin, which is unfortunate (laughs) for you because you are terrified of old white men with ponytails because they (laughs) remind you of both your creator and ultimately this nightmarish version of yourself that is a person. And over the years, you've been forced to fight other monsters of the skies and other large kaiju and other such things. Your greatest foe, the one who seems to be hunting you down, is Barbara Batty McDaniel, a woman who was bitten by a bat and then struck by a tsunami and hurled into the sky, who can now transform into a giant vampire bat. And the two of you have finally come to blows, but in your chosen environment instead of hers. Her strength in the sky has always been to her advantage when leading you away from storms. Mm. But for the first time, you have caught her in the eye of a hurricane where she believed the seas were calm. But you know that the tables are about to turn and the storm is sweeping forwards and your power is growing. Can you describe your kite form? My kite form is depending on the power of the storm that I exist in. When it gets up to, I would say, a level five storm, that is when complete peace occurs for me because nothing exists in its wake. So in terms of your physical description, Batty watches you go from no storm whatsoever, Mm -hmm. transitioning all the way to a five. Can you describe what you look like, let's say at a one and then at a five? Mm -hmm. A level one me is almost cartoonish. You would buy me at the local party city. <laughs> so just, just a it's, regular kite. It's a regular <laughs> kite. Are we talking like six feet tall, eight feet tall? How big? It's about three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a three it's and a half foot tall kite. It's about three and a half, yeah. <laughs> I have a tail and colors and there's a little rainbow on the back. It, it, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, so how, how many feet tall are you at level five? About 22. 22 feet tall, lined with claws, with a massive biting mouth at the center, and psychic powers that can send nightmares into your mind. Uh, You are growing. Batty McDaniel is always about 15 feet tall, so she has the advantage when she is throwing down with that poor kite made by Benjamin Franklin. But now she is beginning to face the beast. She is flying at you. She's got big fangs claws she's got arms it's closer to a a dragon or a manticore style vampire bat than just the traditional Mm. bat so there are also physical advantages sometimes when she is wrestling with you in the skies how do you take her down what's your what's your combat strategy in the storm you've got limited visibility you've got a lot of wind there are clouds that you can circle around behind you've got a lot of options here in terms of strategy i scream because bats echolocate And I want her completely disoriented as to where she is and where I am. This feels like you're kicking her ears ass, which I like (laughs) with an unlikely tool. So roll me your 2d6 and we'll roll a kick some ass. Eight. Eight. Uh, You do deafen her. She, She is clearly buffeted back by the sound. You can see her being confused. But at the same time, just before she loses the rest of her hearing in the storm, she figures out where you are. So you have dealt harm to her. But you won't be able to surprise her with an attack. So she turns to face you and she starts to fly straight at you, clearly hoping to hit you before you have reached your full size and full power. What do you do? I swoop behind her and claw at her wings with my claws. I want her to sail to the ground. 
All right, so you're trying to take her down while doing damage along the way. So this yes. feels like another kick some ass. So yes. in, in terms of three-dimensional combat, she is flying up at you on a diagonal, and you are swooping down under. Is it an under or is it an over to get around her? Or are you trying to left or right side it? I hit the brake. She flies towards me, and I fly up behind her. Ooh, I like that a lot. All right, roll me roll me a kick some ass. I'm going to give you an additional plus one because that was a cool pitch. <laughs> Eight. That will succeed. So you are doing harm to Batty McDaniel while she is also doing harm to you. So she will do three harm to you, which will be reduced mm-hmm. by your armor to one. You will do three harm to her, plus an additional for being in your kaiju form, plus an additional for the storm. So you strike a, a mighty blow against her as she is being torn asunder and her bat form almost seems to shrink. Not because it's actually getting smaller, but because you are getting larger and there are no mm-hmm. physical cues on size in the sky. And you are both beginning to plummet towards the earth and you're realizing you may finally have finished her. You are in the storm. You are heading towards the water and she hates water. She fears the tsunami. These are the things that are her nightmares. And she is flying downwards. What uh, what do you say or what do you do trying to finish her off on the way down? You may rule the night, but the night fears me. And with those chilling words, you are about to slam her down into the water when suddenly you just hear the roar of engines, plane engines, and are struck from the side and immediately find yourself back in the void. Fuck. <laughs> You're all in the void. This is an eldritch dimension where you, S, have always existed. Mm. But when you were trapped and cursed to exist in this necklace, your void was inextricably linked with Earth. And specifically, the monsters and other supernatural elements of it. Whenever a monster or supernatural creature dies, they are ejected from reality into your void. This was an absolute nightmare mm. because you now had to deal with them all in the void. There is there is no pleasure. There is no pain. It is beyond all these things. It's impossible to destroy anyone, which is why it's so, so comfortable for you. Mm. But it meant there was a lot of management as a landlord that you did not have an interest in. And over time, there were a lot of different entities that offered to take charge. But you were picky. You yes. knew you wanted to find the, the right uh, management mm-hmm. for the void. And you ended up teaming with a demon who is simply known as the director. The director is very much the classic demon, Victorian era style tuxedo. He's he's perfectly decked out, bow tie, red skin, slicked back black hair, the goatee, always has a clipboard or something else to write on, but a very formal looking one. It's mm-hmm. engraved, it's gold, it's beautiful. And as he writes things, the text always disappears because he can't forget anything that he's written down as part of his magical abilities. And he approached you and offered to just administrate Mm -hmm. who would leave the void, who would come back in, keep everything running, essentially create small apartment complexes at the edges of the void that you don't have to deal with where monsters would exist. And then he would police entrances and exits and take all of that hassle away from you. However, he did acknowledge that you would need to gain slightly more understanding of reality. So he pitched a support group inside the void and it's four members are sitting at this table. Mm -hmm. All of you have been ejected back into the void, which is where you end up when you die. And then eventually you get released back to go continue your adventures to discover who you are, hunt down your nemeses, find a serial killer. You are just summoned by a necklace, so you don't actually have an option. You just go out or don't go out. And the four of you have all been blasted back and end up in your communal space. This would have been designed by you, mm-hmm. S. So what does the the group session room look like in the void where you all sit and share? Originally, the void is, is just blackness and emptiness and nothingness, and that's very comforting. But occasionally, there were a few things in the human world that were interesting. There's one big, gnarled, spooky tree. 
because I saw that at one point and thought, I can vibe with this. This is okay. And then slowly but surely, it's like, okay, if we're having these four people, myself included, then everyone gets an object. So I think it's one physical object that each of them requested from the real world that is then recreated. But it's sort of in a amorphous, hazy, smoky, voidish with like if you if you imagine just a spotlight on the middle of a void. So then they each have their object slash chair. So you are theoretically sitting in are, are you like sitting in the tree? Or are you standing around the tree if that's your your chosen item in this space? Or? Yeah. And, and S when she slash it <laughs> is in the mortal world has to take the form of this human woman who was sacrificed in order to summon S. But in the void, I think it's sometimes it's just a voice. Sometimes it's just a floating face. Sometimes hands come out, but it, it is a lot more a presence than it is any sort of physical manifestation. So, yes, around the tree, it'll just be a gesticulating hand or just a bit of a face or even just a voice coming from that area. All right. So we've got a gesticulating voice and hands floating and amorphously around a gnarled, wicked looking tree. Mm-hmm. Mark, what is your what is your safe space inside the void? Because oh, uh, both Mark and Bloody Mark have existed right now. You are Bloody Mark. So what is Bloody Mark's space inside the void? Bloody Mark's space, I think, is a very elegant, dark wood, very comfortable sort of chaise chair Mm. with like big red upholstery over top of it. So you are currently in your elaborate Mm -hmm. Bloody Mark setup. Dr. Belladonna, Mm -hmm. what does your your chair look like in this realm? I had to bring a, a humidifier because obviously moisture is a problem for me. Um, so it's littered with tissues and uh, just a constant stream of humidified air going on in there. And for you, Tailspin, as your your kite identity is acknowledged, would you want to exist here as Tailspin or would you want to exist here as Benjamin Franklin? The age-old question. (laughs) (laughs) That's a horrifying choice. Of course, the kite. The Mm -hmm. kite. Wonderful. So you remain in kite form. And what does your chair look like? And it could be as ephemeral as like a storm environment if you wanted it to be. A white wind tunnel. Very nice. That's yes. belongs. So you are always getting to fly forwards comfortably, feeling that sense of progression and safety inside that level of intensity. So the four of you all reappear, shocked and surprised, having been killed at approximately the same time. Traditionally, one of you may go, two of you may go, and they come back at different points when they are killed in the world, which can, especially for you, Tailspin, take a very long time because you can go fly around mountains. You don't have to necessarily end up in populated areas, but you all stumble back, kind of jolted into your seats simultaneously and see everyone landing at the same time. Oh, all of us together? Lovely to see you all again. You look well, Belladonna. Bloody Mark. Mm. Always a delight. I am definitely surprised to see us all appear at once, but... I don't know what surprise feels like, but Mm. I acknowledge all of your existences here. Did you guys get a, a, like a stabbing? I got stabbed pretty bad. Be gone. A, of course, uh, yeah. of course, oh, a bee gun. Yeah. That's, wow. That was my yeah. second guess, was the bee gun. Tailspin, hmm. what happened to you? I thought I had the bitch. That was Betty, wasn't it again? Yes, yes. I know. It was Sydney. I, it was yes. this. I was there. I was right so there. Close. Oh, my God. So close. Wait, I also, Laurie Prescott was at my fingertips, and it was ripped away from me mm. in some 
strange technological. I don't quite understand what even happened. You know what? That slimy son of a bitch, Freddy, was there. I thought I had him and someone stuck out with a bee gun. Mm. This is not a coincidence, is it? You're number one. You're Freddy. Uh-huh. And you're Sydney mm. and my Lori Prescott. How, in all of my time watching for eons and eons, there are coincidences and happenstance, but the exact moment all at once. And suddenly you all feel an energy deep in the center of you pull you back from your chair where you are almost flying out and away from the environment. And with a flash of light, you find yourself standing, all four of you, in the center square of Fort Boulder. And the sun is coming up in the distance, a time where none of you are comfortable, where none of you are sure what is going on. Mark, hmm, you have been thrust back into the spotlight because Mark is always back in the spotlight the moment he enters reality. And for this moment, Tailspin, you are inside your mortal body having been transformed because you always arrive as a person and then choose where you appear. And beside all of you stands the director, the very mm. calm demon, for the first time in the entire time you've known him, looking deeply perturbed. Hello, everyone. Tremendously sorry about all this. I have very bad news. So I have superiors, and they appear to have uh, taken control. And there were some changes made, and... You've all been ejected from the void, and they are replacing you with what? improved and more dangerous versions. Uh, what? Impossible. Uh, yes. No. You're fucking kidding me. Uh? Yeah, so if you if you die, you're permanently dead. Uh, oh, and oh. fuck's Listen, sakes. I didn't want to do this, and I don't like what's going on. So here's the deal. Your new selves, your improved selves, are coming to Fort Boulder today. You need to eliminate them. If you eliminate them, I think I can get you back into the void mm. and you'll just go back to normal. Uh, and, and and that's all you need to do. Also, I believe they may all be taking a shot, shall we say, your number ones. <gasps> so you're going to need to deal with them before they get there. If they achieve those goals, you're doomed. Uh, if you kill them before they kill your number ones, then then you I, I can probably shove you back in. Do we have a, a file or any kind of history on these people, these new monsters? Unfortunately, I can't provide that, uh, but I, I can give you uh, some information on where I think they will be. And and he just magically holds a hand out to each of you, mm-hmm. and a file appears in it. And he opens up, and each one contains a, a different piece of information of something that is going on today in Fort Boulder. What you see, Tailspin, is there is a flying a kite with the president event where the president of America is coming into (laughs) Fort Boulder and doing a kite flying event. That's very triggering for him. Mm. For you, Doctor, uh, you see a pamphlet for a weird doctors, not doctoresses panel. The patriarchy. Okay. (laughs) My number two. For you, Lady S, you see uh, an app launch flyer with a download code for a new app called Shadows with a Z at the end. What? And for you, perhaps most horrifyingly of all, Mark, who try to go unnoticed, who try to live a normal life, you just want to blend in, you see a flyer for Strip Stravaganza. And on the front of it, you see a man you don't recognize because you don't share memories with Bloody Mark. Mm. You are just Mark. But on it is just the most beautiful man you've ever seen, shirtless, super shredded, with a knife in each hand that just says, Magic Mark. 
I'll hold it around everybody. Look at this. What uh, am I supposed to do with this? Oh, does it say if he's single or not? Oh, for God's sake. All humans look the same to me. Yeah. Is there a cover? It looks like it's free to enter, but there is a two drink minimum. You want to go? I mean, yeah, I, I doubt. Maybe totally later. Okay. I, you know, okay. I don't want to arrive right when they open. Right, of course. So yes, those are the places where I believe your various uh, oh, right. altars okay, shall arrive. Uh, you need to get there and kill them. I'll help you however <gasps> I can. Uh, I'll pop in and out when I can. I need to distract, uh, shall we say, management to make sure that you have this opportunity. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You should be. So sorry. So sorry. And just in a flash of smoke, he is gone. And you are all left standing in sunlight, knowing that you have to save your immortal lives. You need to re-earn your seats in the void. And you have to do this by killing four monsters who are attempting to take your place in immortality. You're all in the mortal plane. You don't have the advantages you normally have of being in limited spaces with your victims. For some of you, that's not as big a deal. Mark just looks like Mark. The doctor, you look sickly, but you're a doctor. Tailspin. Can you describe what you look like as a a human form? Well, bad news first. You know, when I'm in human form, I... I kind of look like Benjamin Franklin and it's it's horrifying because you know the uh $100 bill is a rather flattering portrait. <laughs> so he had some skin issues. Let's just say that. Oh, and, yeah. and do you dress in modern style now that you've been around for a while or are you still wearing a pure Ben Frank outfit? I have modern clothes but you know the powdered wig is it it's a thing. Yeah, it, I can't really get rid of that, but I can at least, thank God, change my clothes. The Shadow Lady, however, yep. looks like an absolute monster uh. woman. So the question, the, the big question is, where are you going to go? I'm imagining you all take a closer look at your pamphlets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. As you do so, you discover that for the strip extravaganza, the afternoon and evening shows are sold out, but they've opened up a morning show. <laughs> So your only opportunity is to go to the early morning strip show (laughs) to deal with Magic Mark. The Doctor's Not Doctoresses conference is taking place over lunch, kind of from 11 to 1. So it's the midday. Lunch and learn. Yes. The kite flying with the president is taking place this afternoon. And then there is an app launch this evening for Mm -hmm. Shadows. Shadow Z. Shadow Mm -hmm. Z, depending on your nation. But Shadow Z (laughs) for the great nation of america where fort boulder definitely is so you've got a plan you know what you need to deal with individually but the question is how are you going to get to this show and how are you going to perhaps allow lady s to blend in or not it's up to all of you is this show somewhere not out where the sun and the light is i I don't i do not prefer it shadow lady i mean if you know if it does i would prefer s since we're friends yes yes if you preferred you know you could hide under my wig that would provide a little bit of solace and comfort whenever we go anywhere or do anything so so unfortunately when i am in the mortal realm i am trapped in this mortal human body though i would love to exist in a shadow under your wig 
this form is larger than that. But I, I scuttle behind you and just stand behind the Benjamin Franklin because this wife body is a little bit smaller than Benjamin Franklin. So I'm just standing behind you in your literal shadow. <laughs> Perfect. This you were will doing do. I, uh, I, I don't know if you guys want to do this, but like I feel like, you know, you look like Ben Franklin. That plays around here. People mm. love that. The doctor thing, that's normal. S, I think... I think we might have to kind of put you in a disguise. I don't know what if that's a, if that's something. That? Well, we could we could go back to my place. I got an mm. apartment like around the corner, and I got. I know I know you're not gonna want to hear it, but I got some Red Sox gear, and I could just put you in a sweater and a cap, and I got some sweatpants, and they're big. They're my size, right? So they're gonna kind of like be big on you. Red socks. Can you roll me and <laughs> manipulate someone? <laughs> Does anybody want to say something to help with this? Doctor, you seem to have the most context for this. Are you going to chime in? <laughs> uh, oh, that is a 13. <gasps> 13. For your rolls, because this was so high on a manipulate someone, if you agree to wear the Red Sox costume S, you will have an ongoing plus one while you are wearing the Red Sox costume towards <laughs> any role to appear normal or yeah. human. And the moment you put the Red Sox costume on, you will mark experience. So you will get, for our show, we are using skulls. I have little mini skulls that are being handed out for experience. So if you decide to put on the Red Sox gear, you will also receive a skull. Oh, yeah. And S is totally fine with this because it's not even I'm against this idea. Mm. I have no context and this makes no sense to me. So... It all sounds perfect, Mark. Mm, yeah, no, I swear to God, you'll you'll blend in. Yeah, it'll be great. The reddest of socks. Mm, yeah. So everyone goes to Mark's apartment, which is a block away. <laughs> you you all walk along the street. S, I'm imagining hiding behind tailspin, mm -hmm. so that you are in shadow, blocking the sunlight. You'll go in, Mark. What's your apartment like, Mark? has just the most bachelor apartment you can imagine. He has one chair facing a TV on like some milk crates. Uh, he's got a lot of like pizza boxes in the corner. He's got like some some cases of beer in the corner. In the dish rack, there's like one plate, one bowl, one cup. He goes, I said, yeah, come on in. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to clean. There's a cat around here somewhere, but it like kind of comes and goes as he wants. And he like starts shaking a bag of treats. Mittens! No, I don't know where the fuck she is. You roll me a manipulate someone <laughs> to see if your cat's here. <laughs> <laughs> Mittens, come on, for God's sakes, eat something. A 10. Oh, she's 10. Here. Mittens just comes out yeah. and sits yeah. down. What does Mittens look like? Oh, Mittens is just a black cat. Just a regular old <laughs> black cat. Kind of like just mangy, like kind of old looking. Got a meows and a oh, oh, mittens. I love you. I love you so much. Look at you. Messes them oh, up a little bit. So you, you take your one bowl out yeah. of the sink. Oh yeah. Oh, no, so I'm sorry. But I totally forgot. I should have said something. Do you want? I got like a. I got an leave in here somewhere. I got doctor. Doc, can you roll me an act under pressure? Oh, Actually, can you both roll me an act under pressure? I will say for for Mark as well. Uh, it is a three. <laughs> oh, God, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
Mark, you fail and yeah. you receive a skull uh, because you fail to notice. <laughs> like, like you have that moment of like, I'll help. And then you realize there's nothing to help and you just give up and move on. Yeah. You gotta do this Red oh, Sox yeah. Thing. Sorry. The Red Sox. Yeah. Here, let me go. Yes. I got to go to my closet. So, yes. doctor, you rolled a seven. Yeah, I did. You do uh, manage to keep it together, okay. but you have to circle away from the cat. So you don't have to flee yeah. the apartment, but you are just riding the walls. I'm just going to get back here a little bit. So Mark and S are searching through Mark's three drawers for Red Sox gear. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you two want to do in this space, though, Tailspin or the Doctor? I'd like to know where his information box is. The television, uh, you look around and see that it's in the corner onto milk crates. Do you know how to operate this uh, machine? Yeah, is there a remote somewhere around? It's there up there on the milk crate. Grab it. Okay. The red button. Push the red button. Got it. <clears throat> you push the button and the okay. TV comes on. Can you roll me an investigative mystery? I need to know if any useful commercials are playing locally. <laughs> and I have an 11. Ooh. Ooh. Very nice. You have two holds for information that you can ask about any of the, the enemies or situations you will face today. Ooh. This information will be coming from commercials, but if you want to tell me what you want to know, then I can tell you what you learned from the TV. I want to know what is being concealed at the presidential kite flying event mm -hmm. and what is my number one's plan? What is it going to do? Like Batty McDaniels or your target monster? My target monster. Right. So you turn the TV on and you see the local news where you hear news host Tony Myers is sitting there covering the the local entertainment beat. And he's like, this is a really exciting day here at Fort Bouldery. We really think we get some some cool stuff going on. So, as you know, we've got the presidential kite flying event this afternoon. And, and sure, I mean, you may have heard this on the Internet. There are rumors that Air Force One may have been struck by lightning and crashed and that this isn't the real president. <laughs> but we all know that that's just Internet bullshit. And you're definitely meeting the real president if you go to the kite flying event. That's it's going to be a real blast. This guy said bullshit on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, welcome to Fort Boulder. It's public access, so, you know, he's got his own thing. He's the real president. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm I'm Tony Myers. I can swear on air. Nobody can stop me. My dad owns the station, he says, directly on air, clearly at a furious producer on camera. <laughs> then he flips off the bird and says, like, yeah, so this is pretty fun. Oh, I love this guy. I love him so much. He told me I couldn't screw this up after the last three companies. Well, who can run a sock empire now, Dad? <laughs> Tony and Myers continuing his downward spiral on air. Yeah, so the president's there. Apparently, uh, he's changed the event, though. So everybody out there thinking it's going to be about kite flying like nerds. Hell no. The president says kites suck. He's going to have a kite burning event to destroy all the kites. He's all about drones now. Cool drones. Presidents love drones and hate kites. All right, so I'm Tony Myers. Fuck you, Dad. Try to bleep that, you son of a bitch i fired the guy and then you you just kind of drifts into someone else clearly cutting away desperate to keep tony myers off air from the other room you hear uh mark yeah oh is that fucking tony myers <laughs> in no fucking way i can't believe what that guy says on tv is that nuts as you continue watching you realize they are cutting to whatever anchor tony myers is not in the frame of and tony is running around to jump into the back of people's frames trying to yell more swear words but they managed to keep him off air so yeah. you now know that there is a chance this is not the real president. And this is an anti-kite event. Wow. Destroying kites and moving on. I feel this is a hate crime. 
Am I off base here? I think you're pretty uh, nail on head there, Tailspin. For sure. For sure. With this information, did both of my questions get answered? Yes. So question one was, what is being concealed? And you would assume based on the information, especially because it's Fort Boulder and your monsters, you're like, this is not the president. Air Force One was struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. And you have this moment that hits you, Tailspin, as you realize that's your origin story. You were struck by lightning and became a kite that could also turn into a president. (laughs) So if Air Force One was struck by lightning and crashed, that might not be the president. That might be an evil Air Force One that turned into the president (laughs) and hates kites. (laughs) Footnote for all Americans or non-Americans, Benjamin Franklin was never president. President. He he was just a man. Just a dude. All right. Well, this is even cooler than... Yeah, you, you just turned into some guy. <laughs> I just turned, turned into, into the some guy, some yeah. syphilitic weirdo. <laughs> and it seems like uh, his plan is to uh, destroy all kites and bask in the attention of the masses because he's a way bigger celebrity than some non-president. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow, that's pretty triggering, eh, Tailspin? You're doing okay? I need to talk to my therapist. Yeah. Mm. I, I, that's yeah. about right. Um, but I feel like there's more at stake yeah. immediately here right now. What time is it? Tailspin, before we move forwards, I just have to ask, you only know three people in the world. They're sitting at this table. If the doctor is not your therapist, is Mark your therapist? That's a good question. Or is Lady S your therapist? <clears throat> Lady S and I have an understanding. Mm. Perfect. I love mm-hmm. that. That doesn't need to affect this scene, but just make a note that you've, you want to talk to your therapist about these feelings. So at some point, you need to talk to S about your feelings. Do you know how much I wanted Mark to be your therapist? <laughs> I would have done, like, with a little notebook on the chair, being like, yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. Let's go fucking kill I can't, him. Yeah, I can't believe he's, he's, so, uh, he's a plane. Now he's a kite. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I, I I think we can say canonically then yeah. if Lady S is Tailspin's therapist and Tailspin is S's therapist mm-hmm. and Mark, you are Dr. Belladonna's therapist and Dr. Belladonna is your therapist. Nice. So if anyone needs to speak to their therapist, mm-hmm. just know it's a safe space. Yeah, we had the group of four and when we need to round table, we do that. But sometimes need a little one-on-one so we have therapy buddies right now it is about 10 a.m okay it took you a while to get here you were watching tv rifling (laughs) through the closets there's a whole cat adventure mark Mm -hmm. can you roll me an act under pressure is this to see how good she looks you in Red Sox gear? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, was I will say, yeah. knowing that you are putting on the Red Sox gear, there is yeah. your experience Thank skull. You. Thank you. Yeah. So this act under pressure is not Mark's forte here. Uh, Thank you. Uh, that is a six. Six. Do I get a I get a thing? Oh, yeah, you yeah. get a thing. You poop the bed on that I one. The bed. <laughs> it was as close to not pooping the bed as I could be. So you bring out the Red Sox gear. And it is so goddamn big Mm. that when you put it on S, she starts walking around and the sweatpants just fall off. Mm, And the sweatshirt starts slowly with the like the really stretched shitty neck it has riding down her shoulders until it also falls off. Because S has no understanding of the need to move clothes around to keep them on Mm. their body. It's just weird cloth being draped on meat so who cares yeah you're gonna need to come up with a solution of how to keep this outfit on s hey uh doc can you can you come in here a sec i need i don't know 
I feel kind of bad watching a change of something. I think she might need a, a Marcus, lady. Marcus, what can I do for you? Well, here? I got I got all this clo- this good clothes, uh-huh. but they don't oh, uh, fit okay. so good, yeah. and they just kind of fall on off. Is it? I working? can see what's happening. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do, do I uh, look like David Ortiz? <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows early two thousands Red Sox players. You Mark know, has mentioned it before. Yeah. Oh, yes. So no, you got is, like a you got like a I don't know yeah. a suture. You got like a tie, the stethoscope. Mm, Maybe we can kind of. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Uh, I could uh, check my bag and see if I have a sewing kit in here or some sutures, if that's possible. Okay. Let me just have a look. What have we got in here? I've got a seven. Your seven? Yeah. Will mean that you do have a sewing kit. You have just enough just to be able thing. to stitch these clothes into the right size to mm. fit S. All right, S. Get over here. Let's do some pinning. Let's do some hemming. I don't know what those are. We'll make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. Okay. Yeah, Project Runway. I love that show. <laughs> It's good. Make Tim it Gunn. work. Make, make, make it work. Decide to make it work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tailspin, do you think you've seen Project Runway from your various existences on Earth watching television? I would have to ask my friend, Mrs. Ross. She's the only one that I know that has any mending experience. She made the flag, right? Betsy. Did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, this is not a flag, but it is similar yeah. in that there are socks and stripes of this outfit are, are getting sewn together. That's quickly they're put together. So what does yeah. the, the final thing end up looking like? How do you alter it, Doctor, in an evil way? You know what? We're just taking it in a little bit here. But if I'm being honest, I did hem it up a little bit too short. So S looks like they're ready for a flood. But other than that, totally acceptable for the strip club at 10 a.m. If if I've yeah. ever been in so, one So like is this that. the top and sweatpants or is this just giant top? No, top and sweatpants okay. for sure. Okay. So the, the veil and horns still remain mm-hmm. on display, but the of outfit course. is Red Sox. Yeah. Like I got like a socks beanie. Oh, sure. We could put... I could probably wrestle it over those. I could cut a couple holes with my sewing kit still here, my scalpels included. No, no problem. We're, we're trying to cover up, oh. the, right? We don't want to accentuate the horns. What's the problem? Well, you know, I don't know. At a 10 o'clock strip show, actually, maybe not much. She might fit in pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you roll me an act under pressure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's not really my thing. Can you roll me a joint forces, doctor? Because you're definitely Absolutely. working together. We're working on this, on so this, you this roll together. For you, doctor. That's an eight. So, Doctor, you do assist. 100%. Uh, you're, you're not 100% sure what the outcome should be, but you're you're there to help. I get a plus one. Yep, you get yep. a plus one on your roll. Uh, that is a five. And then you do you add anything or no? That is with my... Oh, oh, <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> That's a little Take rude. another skull. Oh, Congratulations. Just collecting so nice. many of these. Uh, you... Try to fit this beanie on. You try to work together. The beanie rips. You try a different mm. hat. It rips. You're gonna have to just come up with some sort of cover for this. These horns. They seem to be supernaturally sharp in a Jesus. way that you can't hide. Yes. Christ. So, now you rip my two best socks hats too. Jesus. I don't. I got garbage bags. You could always just tease her hair. Oh. Make it just bigger. Is that something you can do? I'm not a hairdresser, Mark. I'm a doctor, but. Could look and see if there's a comb in my bag. You know, being a wig wearer, I could certainly help out with that. Mm. Hey, there Why we go. Why don't you give it a try? Just give me that comb and uh, let's see what we can. Let's see what we can All do. Right, let's see if we've, if we've got hair Let implements. Let me see. 
Okay, we have an eight. Yep, you have just the amount yeah, that you need perfect. of the item. So you've got the comb. You've <laughs> got, you got a, little, go. a little hairspray. you got All the right. equivalent of hairspray. From, yeah. What do, you, what do you use this item for? That It is hairspray for anybody else, but what's its evil purpose? Well, uh, you know, it could blind someone for sure. It kills bugs, specifically bees, mm. very well also. <laughs> it's an aggressive pesticide. <laughs> not, yeah. not good for yeah. the environment either. Not great. <laughs> not cancer. great. Great. So Tailspin, you, you get to work work uh, trying to fix this here. Can you roll me an act under pressure? And I'm going to give you plus one for having the right tools to your die roll. And I'm going to give you another plus one for the general cooperation of what's going on. Also, technically, this feels like it's a little bit of the disguise work. Mm-hmm. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have that carry over from participating. So you get plus two on this. Plus whatever you normally add. So that's a ten. Ooh. Plus a two. Plus a one. Oh. So it's thirteen. Thirteen. Holy shit. <sighs> You managed to create somehow an incredibly stylish beehive on the head of of this. So S has never looked S has never looked more like a trailer trash housewife. Instead of the the haunted expression on her face and the way her skin is so sallow, she just reads like she's super fucking hungover, but still did the hair and is determined to party. So Mm. the plus one ongoing for your disguise will work. And I will say due to that being a 13, we'll make it a plus two for your disguise just for you to appear human, to be clear. Yes. So you are all prepared to go to the strip club for this event. And mm-hmm. you do have a way to get there. It is at the edge of town. However, Mark, you always have your PT cruiser mm-hmm. when you are in your your mortal, <laughs> just Mark frame. Uh, you, it always appears roughly where you are in the world. Then you are able to take that to travel around. So you can take the group down to your PT cruiser to travel over to the strip club. Mark, what's the strip club called? You know this town pretty well. Is this the male strip club or is this the ladies club? This is the male club. Uh, it's called, oh, it's Pickles. Pickles is the club where the strip stravaganza mm. AM show is taking place. <laughs> Just the classiest event. Yeah. They got uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet there. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Is that a positive belief? No, it's a food. It's just they got good food. For for a guy's strip club, you can go in there, $4.95 on a Monday morning. They got eggs. They got bacon. They got it all. Breakfast is delicious. I you, could eat. Yeah, right? Yeah, for do, sure. Do you eat food? Do you eat like human food? This mortal body eats food. Nice. Yeah, she's in. What about you, Ben? Do they have gruel? I think they got grits. That's kind of the same thing. I'm in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, pickles buffet. <laughs> so you're all driving to pickles for the buffet. Uh, <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> and and then leaving, leaving and coming yeah, back to And my to place. commit a brutal murder yeah. of a new alpha monster. Uh, you arrive. You see that there is a lineup around the block. There are just <laughs> so Holy many shit. women who are all here who oh, are wow. just going absolutely crazy. You're seeing bachelorette parties. You get the feeling it was very hard to get tickets. And you hear as you approach parking the car nearby, you hear just whispers of like, Magic Mark, he's so hot. He's so hot. I, I know he's a murderer, but he's so hot. Clearly, there's a there's a large uh, attraction to him. You currently do not have tickets, and the lineup is very long. What do you do? You can see bouncers up at the front where the entrance is. It's one of those large brick windowless buildings, like so many strip clubs end up being incredibly menacing solely because there's no way to see inside. What is the problem? Why are there so many people? I told you guys, uh, the buffet at Pickles is you got to get here early. You got to get here at like 845. What if we tell them that I'm the medical doctor of the team and I need to get there to support the dancers. Do you think we could work with that? You want to go ask the bouncer? What other ideas do you no, have? No, right I, I was wondering it could get you in, but we still got to get 
But I would say you were my team. I, maybe it's not a great yes, idea. Yes, we are a team. Yes, yes. We talk about our problems together. I'll give it a shot. A doctor, Ben Franklin, two Red Sox fans. I mean, it's, you know, let's get, I'll it's try, I'll try con- anything. It's not conventional is it's, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But. <laughs> so you all approach the bouncer yeah. who's just a big, super burly guy, thick beard covered <clears throat> in tattoos. And he's like, all right, you got to get in line if you don't got tickets. You got tickets? Listen, I'm sorry. This is very embarrassing for you, sir, because I am one Dr. Belladonna, Donna Belladonna. Okay. I, you may have heard of me. I'm actually uh, the staff physician for the team. This is my crew. We're here to provide support both mentally, emotionally, and physically to uh, the dancers today. I, I can't believe your superiors didn't tell you that we were becoming. Can you roll me a manipulate someone? I love telling people this will be very embarrassing for you. <laughs> I love it. Does anyone want to help? And if so, before she rolls, I need to know how you are helping. I don't know what's My going on. All right. S, no. Uh, is this to help her manipulate somebody? Yes, to convince the bouncer. S doesn't understand how to convince anyone, so that's yeah. not going to happen. Neither do I. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could I? Uh, could I wreck on that? I like I grabbed her bag and I'm like holding her bag, so it looks like I, I got I, like a, yeah. a medical bag. Like yeah, see, sh- I we, we all got to help. Yep, roll roll me a, oh. a joint forces on that one. Uh, oh, oh. boxcars, baby, boxcars. Okay, I'm going to say he helps, and he'll give you a plus two on this. This Thank is very God. convincing. Allure <laughs> minus one. <laughs> yeah, S and S Come and Tailspin on. have nothing to offer. I got a five. Plus two. Oh, seven. This doesn't look good for us. The bouncer says, uh, "All right, you guys uh, clearly are full of shit, but uh, I'll let you in for uh, two hundred bucks." Can I I'll open my wallet? Like, how much money would I conceivably have? Can you roll me an act under pressure? Yeah, yeah like, I know. Like, listen, guys, I don't know. I, I could go to the bank. Do we have a scene where Mark goes to the bank? He has to fill out the, the ATM is down, so he has to fill out the slip. No. Oh, shit. What's my, I don't remember my number. I don't remember. My, <laughs> 40 minutes later. Um, I'm so sorry. Try your birthday. Yeah. It's always yeah, it's your always birthday. birthday. <laughs> Tailspin those majestic. Just try your birthday. <laughs> okay, can you roll me an act under uh, pressure? Act under pressure. Sorry, that is a four. Well, exactly. Ding, 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 I was ding, gonna ding. say here, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, please. you do have to go to the bank. So exactly what you said happens. You go. The ATM is down. You fill out the form. You can't remember your passcode. Tailspin suggests your birthday. Your birthday works. Yeah. You get the money, and you are back forty minutes later. You've missed at least half of the morning show, but you're back. And the bouncer's like, "What's up?" The lineup's still there. They seem yeah. really determined. Uh, oh, hey, uh, hey, sorry. Yeah, here, yes, fine, here. All right. Good luck, doctors. Uh, and the bouncer just steps aside, and you get to go inside to the show. Nice working back. That was my whole paycheck from last week. I can't keep doing this. (laughs) 
as you step inside, this is the, the like a theater meets strip club. Clearly, this is one of the classier joints where it's more about the performances than just random table dances. <laughs> there are tables where people can sit. There are a, a big section of folding chairs that have been set up. Bars on either side. They're on either side of the, the folding chairs where you go to get drinks. The buffet is close to the door, so clearly you can get a, you can get a little food before you go take your seat. And performers are performing up front. To the left of the stage, after one of the bars, as you're moving forwards, you can see the entrance to the backstage area if you were to go around to the right of the stage you can just see a fire exit that lets people walk out of the space altogether as you come in it is a tragedy for you mark but it seems like the buffet really got picked over in the God. last 40 minutes so God. most of the, like the, the good stuff is gone oh they don't but have the... i hope there's still gruel yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a huge there's so much grits. <laughs> no one's touched the grits. <laughs> you're all yeah. eating like huzzah jellified grits <laughs> yeah. that have reached the consistency of gruel so oh. that's sorry the guys. experience you all have just like mom used to make mm. yeah human I, existence is pain mm. yeah can you roll me an act under pressure mm. s tailspin you've eaten before so this is fine for you and you're getting what you expected mm. it's an eight okay you do manage to eat the food unfortunately s eats the food with just a hand in a mm. bowl yeah. directly mm. into a mouth jamming it in is this what humans do? This is misery. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is just, he's too shocked to do anything. Like, no, no. Oh, oh. S. Yes. Here, have a spoon. Watch me. And you see him slowly eat with a spoon. <sighs> and then take more. And then. Oh, just... And pull the spoon back out. Don't mm. eat the spoon too. Mm, it's it's like gripping the spoon, like never having used a utensil, putting it in the mouth and the clank as the teeth come down. Scraping on the spoon. it with the teeth. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Tailspin. Tailspin, I'm going to give you just a bonus experience yeah. for the fact that you taught someone how to be human a little bit, which oh, is yeah. nice considering to you they are still a foreign species. You have all successfully eaten, or I guess we're going to put air quotes around that for S, but having a time, uh, you've got guts full of grits and the strip show is ongoing and they just say, what, one more dance, so we're bringing magic markup on stage. I pull out the flyer and I'm sure it's a, it's a guy. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Kill him. Well, that's you'd be ready. Head on a swivel kind of mm. stuff. Everybody. And don't forget Monday mornings along with the buffet. Bloody Marys are on sale. Uh, and <laughs> what does the transition look like between Mark and Bloody Mark? Because every time Mark hears the word blood, he transforms into Bloody Mark. I think it's like very subtle. Like, I don't think it, there's not like a big flourish or anything like that. But I think in like in his eyes, you just see the color of his eyes go and they're just black pupils. Mm -hmm. And then you see it's just the, the way that he kind of holds himself changes a little bit. And he goes, oh, <laughs> look at this place. Isn't this grotesque? What? Oh, oh, huh? Hey. Oh, look at oh. you. You're eating. Isn't that this vile? This is a spoon. Mm, lovely. Shall we? You're all used to these transitions uh, because anytime a group of monsters comes together to talk, the word blood is eventually being mm. said or discussed. You know that Bloody Mark knows everything that Mark knows. Bloody Mark always has kind of eyes and ears out of the body. 
Mark is much more limited in that Mark has no memory whatsoever of what happens with Bloody Mark. So, you know, Bloody Mark is caught up and knows that the plan is. So you're all getting a chance to kind of check this space out. What do you want to do during this kind of three minutes you have before Magic Mark starts performing? Bloody Mark will make fun of what S is wearing. <laughs> look, <laughs> look at you. you. Oh, my goodness. You Mark look... made me more human. Oh, it's, it's so delightful. You look awesome. Horrible. Yes, yeah, oh so goodness. frightening. You look like David Ortiz. I've <laughs> heard of him. That's great. This um, is this is your yeah. villain. And you I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I got no information. I got distracted. I will say to remind you, you are looking at a pamphlet of the yeah. person who absolutely killed you and yeah. prevented you from killing Sidney Strode. Yeah. So just super handsome. Like running Mark's face through a Hollywood mm-hmm. filter that makes just an absolutely gorgeous, disturbingly almost airbrushed level handsome. So I think after dunking on S a little bit, I think Mark gets a, a little more serious, bloody Mark, and goes, I think we need to look at security mm. in the area. And I think I might go and look at the backstage and maybe I can pay Mr. Mark here a visit. So you're going backstage. Yes. S, what are you doing? S is because this is a strip club. I'm sure there's lots of fancy lights and stuff. Oh, there's yeah. There's lots of very harsh shadows. She's going to try to find a shadow to hide in. And then I guess just commune with it. Like, what has the shadow seen? And just let's make friends with the shadows in the corners of this establishment. Yeah, the shadows in this establishment are everywhere because you're in the audience of a strip club. So you can like step forward and just melt into the shadows. Tailspin, what is your plan? I need to read a bad situation. Wonderful. Are you going to try to listen to the crowd? Are you going to look around to try to see what's in the situation? Just what, what is your active way of reading a bad situation? I usually listen to the wind, what's being said, what's being thought. And then doctor, what, what's your plan? Well, unfortunately, I do feel a little distracted by the uh, half-naked men prancing around because I'm just feeling a little lusty for them. But I appreciate that I am here on a mission and my team is going to be helping me. So do you want to try to convince uh, one of the lusty men to give you some information? Oh, that might be a good idea. Maybe a little tete-a-tete, they say. All righty. So we will start with S because you are stepping into the shadows and that is a natural space for you. Also, it's completely immediate. You don't have to wait for anyone. The shadows are just Just there for you. Can you roll me? I think you've got a sorcery ability Mm -hmm. that lets you do that. So let's roll for that. In this going to the shadows, this is communing with them. This is communing with them. This is the results of the commune. I think this is a very fucking dark room. It would Mm. be very hard for you to not commune with the shadows. They're everywhere. Mm. (laughs) Only a six. So is that a failure? That is a failure. So you reach. Shadows don't wish to talk to me. You reach out to the shadows. Mm. And one of the challenges is this is not a place where the darkest emotions have been brought to the surface Mm. of late. It seems like people are enjoying this show so much Mm. that you don't have the usual like lust and fury Mm. and the other things the shadows echo back at you today it's just adoration just like there's a little bit of horniness there's a little bit of joy there have been some tears about Mm. how much people love things like Mm. it's all positive none of which echoes uh, it's bad these shadows are warm and weird (laughs) i agree very horny so horny tailspin you are listening for for statements made by people or psychic information can you roll me a i read a bad situation 
three. With this incredibly strange phenomenon of a large number of humans facing one way towards another human who appears to be slowly misplacing their clothing (laughs) and then standing around in a situation that you imagine must be terribly embarrassing for them from what you've learned being nude. It seems like this is some kind of embarrassment party where people also ate a lot of food and won't stop screaming. This is such an unsettling experience that you are just basking in the fans blowing air around you so you don't have to experience any of it. Doctor, you are are flagging down mm-hmm. one of the bartenders mm-hmm. who is shirtless, mm. just super ripped, very, very <laughs> handsome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is what is your approach to this conversation? Well, I, I want to try and be friendly a little bit because I want to get as much information as I can. You know, maybe a little bit of small talk to begin with. But uh, then tell me about this uh, magic mark. Can you roll me and investigate a mystery? Yes. Mm. Nine and plus two, so 11. You get to hold two. So if you look at the list of questions okay. under Investigate a Mystery, yeah. you can ask two of them. Okay, so uh, what uh, what sort of creature is this magic, Mark, <laughs> is what I want to know. Well, I mean, after that small talk, how could I say no to you? <laughs> after all, you know me, Jack Bacon. Oh, uh, so, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You seem pretty charming yourself, you know. (laughs) I've always loved a professional woman. Uh, So, I mean, you want to know about Magic Mark. He's he's got this kind of hook where he's a serial killer, but he's also hot. So ladies seem to be showing up just really into him. They want to scream. They want to cry. They want to be in love with him. They faint. You know, he's he loves drawing the emotion out of crowds. It's what he's all about. Just human emotion. Just putting on a show. We tried to talk him out at 10 a.m., but he really pushed for it. And, well, he packed the place. So all I'm going to say is Jack Bacon's making bacon. (laughs) Oh, Jack. You're incredibly charming. I uh, <laughs> I could talk to you all day, but you know, I wondered. I know the show is coming up. Like, do you think that Mark? What's he gonna do? Is there an end game there? Why did he want all these people here? What's he gonna do? Well, I think uh, based on what I've seen from uh, Magic Mark, he's gonna come out here. He's gonna dance his ass off. He's gonna have this whole crowd screaming for him to kill one of them. Then he kills them in front of everybody else. I haven't figured out how he does it yet. Must be a hell of a show. But you know, does his murders? Picks his victim. Wow. It's a whole thing. You know, it's kind of like, the, you know, they got a couple of those those series and stuff that are pretty popular now. So people seem to like the sexy murderers. Absolutely. A sexy murder. All right. It's been <laughs> great time. <laughs> what an informative conversation. Wow. So uh, thank you so much for going over all of that with me. I, oh, no uh, problem. No problem. I, I hope I, you have a great rest of shift. Oh, me too. Me too. Swing by before you go. You know, yeah. don't, don't leave me hanging here. It'd be so sad. What time are you working until? Uh, I'm doing the morning show. Then I get like an hour off. So, you know, I'll be out of here in like uh, about 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you going to fuck this guy? <laughs> I'm not sure if there's time. What time is he going on? <laughs> I think Magic Bar's coming up in a second. Uh, okay. May I watch? Yeah. If you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. We also have Tailspin. an understanding. <laughs> so, Mark, mm. you are heading mm. backstage. Yes. Do you think it's going to be dangerous backstage or are you investigating backstage? Like, are you trying to find Magic Mark or are you trying to avoid him and uh, check the rest of the area? I think trying to find Magic Mark, but I think just doing like overall investigation first to try and like locate. Like, I don't okay. think Bloody Mark is too pinned down by like trying to do like detective work. I think he's just kind of tunnel vision like, oh, good. I get to kill someone. <laughs> Great. Let's do a read a bad situation because it feels like, you know, you're looking for your target. I will also flag as is true on an ongoing basis. If you don't want to roll and you just want to succeed, you can always use a point of bloodlust 
which Ooh, we are using instead of luck, right. so that you can uh, you can also use that after you roll. So if there's a moment where you are rolling oh, and you the, fail yeah, on a roll right. that you think is significant, you can turn it automatically into a 12, or you can use bloodlust to guarantee that you take no harm from something that is attacking okay. you. Well, I'm going to do the roll first, and then we'll see what see what I need to do here. Uh, ooh, that's a four. So you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, let's do it. So you you turn that four into a 12, spending wow. a point of bloodlust. All of our characters have three points of bloodlust over this entire adventure. Uh, so you get to ask three questions that can be on the list for read a bad situation or any three questions because you score so highly. Perfect. So you just step forwards with the crowd, pretending to be into the show, and then just... I'd say still holding the doctor's bag as cover, mm -hmm. walk backstage looking very important and end up right mm -hmm. back where you want to be. What are you trying to find? Uh, and how are you trying to find this information? So the first thing I would like to see is, uh, are there any dangers that I haven't noticed? Feel like what's my best way in would be a good one. And then a question that's not on this list is, what would be Magic Mark's biggest vulnerability? So you start searching around backstage and you see a figure step towards the stage and you realize that due to this very high roll, Magic Mark is waiting by stage to actually get up and go and perform. However, you have access to his dressing room Ooh. before that you can go check out because he's not taking the stage yet. He's going to take the stage soon. You discover the best way in for you to get access to him is probably just to follow him onto the stage. It doesn't seem like there's security back here. You can mm. just go out as another performer mm. and get access to him. The only thing that you haven't noticed as you, you kind of make your way past the doorway and you look past Mark to confirm where he is, but you realize that Sydney Strode oh, fuck. is in the front row of this show. She clearly here to see Magic Mark. <laughs> Trashy bitch. This is 10 a.m. <laughs> strip show. So she is here. Mm. And uh, you don't know his methodology, but you're like, the access point is there. For if she gets on stage, he can kill her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you glance into his dressing room, uh, you see that it is chock full of mirrors. Everywhere mirrors, mm. just hand mirrors, mm. other mirrors. He stacked them all over the place. He's clearly looking into them. Your guess would be this dude is seriously into his own appearance. Being beautiful is a priority, which for you is almost repellent because mm -hmm. beauty tends to draw attraction and all of these other emotions that are absolutely grosso. Can you roll me uh, an act under pressure for having to do all this investigation while watching random women and men and non-binary individuals be horny and happy and celebratory and like they're not screaming and dying and mm -hmm. that's the purpose of humans? Uh, that is a seven, eight, nine. All right, you succeed uh, in maintaining Just your control on this body. Off. Yeah, I will say you have a minus one forward to your next die roll just because you have all of these positive emotions swirling around <laughs> you and it's absolutely fucking hellish. <laughs> and Magic Mark goes out and takes the stage and you step out of the room. So everyone has eyes on this. Mm -hmm. uh, Tailspin, you notice the change in music and the change in tone of these screaming women because, oh no, just another man is going to be embarrassed by dropping his clothes. <laughs> S, you don't really know what's going on. No. The shadows aren't helping you, but there is a change in this loud thumping that you mm. keep hearing. Doctor, you seem to have the, the closest uh, link to this audience. What song is Magic Mark coming out to strip to? Ooh. It's a uh, Ride a Pony. Body, body. Oh, you know, 
So that is the song as he comes out and is beginning to dance. And you spot this from backstage, Mm -hmm. Bloody Mark, knowing what's going on. You see him start to strip. The crowd is getting into it. People are going crazy. There's a moment where he brings a chair out and flash dances himself on it. And just blood pours down and over him. And he's super smoking hot. And then he gets up and he starts gesturing into the audience. And you see Sidney Strode stand Mm -hmm. up, volunteering herself. And doctor, you know Mm -hmm. that he brings someone on stage and then kills them. Mm -hmm. What is everyone doing? I feel like I somehow have to communicate to Mark. You could, because your team knows each other well, Mm -hmm. you could roll a join forces with S to have S whisper to him through the shadows. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to do. Great. So roll me a join forces. I got a nine plus one, ten. Ten. You join forces smoothly. So that is a that is a plus one to your roll. All right. And then this is my sorcery. This will be sorcery to use the shadows, yes. Ten. 10. You can essentially lean forward, and if you whisper into S's ear, the words will be heard by mm. Mark. And Bloody Mark's voice can will be spoken by S aloud next to you. you you've almost used S as like a weird, creepy cell phone before, yeah. and that's what you're doing here, so you can talk to Mark. I love it. Uh, Marcus, Mark, mm. I need you to pay attention. Mm. This man is about to kill Sydney up there on stage in front of all of these people. If you're going to intervene, this might be the time when he's distracted. So do I see Sydney like going to get up you there? You see Sydney okay. standing up in the front row and moving towards so the stage. So I'll, I'll yell through all of them. I'll be like, can one of you get on stage, please, instead of Sydney? In the chair, please. That would be most helpful. Anyone? Can you really manipulate someone? I'm not good at that, <laughs> <laughs> but I can try. Here comes another experience. Boy. <laughs> uh, yep, oh. I got a two. Great, you suggest that. Yeah. I get to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want him back? Is that your fifth That's skull? That's my fifth oh. one. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, everybody likes how I've sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to choose an upgrade for both Mark and Bloody Mark. Why oh, oh, you do a double Because, because they, you trade sheets, so I don't want one sheet oh, to be sorry. better than the other. Perfect. Um, so you can choose a quick upgrade for yourself. The options are listed at the bottom of your sheet, so you can choose what you want to add it to as a stat. I feel like I might go cunning on both. Great. So you find yourself growing more experienced as your tail moves forward. But at the same time, for his friends, Bloody Mark is not terribly convincing. And going up on stage to be murdered or be embarrassed, what if your clothes fall Mm. off? That sounds terrible to you. You still can do it, but you will mark experience if you don't. And your reaction to this are entirely your own. So, again, anything can happen. It's up to you. But you've heard the request, I would say, both of you. It's on speaker through S. Get on stage, please, right now. Well, I'm not afraid of my clothes falling off. I mean, they're laced on. And and I'm used to public speaking. So maybe if I recited a poem or an essay, people would pay attention and calm down. That makes sense. You want to calm this crowd. It is a a raucous and uncomfortable space. So I think, Tailspin, it sounds like you're going to take the stage. I think so. Great. So, Tailspin, you lope forwards. Here is your skull, Doctor. (laughs) Thank you. Well done. Tailspin, you move forwards and take the stage uh, as Sidney Strode, looking very confused, sits back down. Magic Mark is gesturing you towards the chair to, like, sit down. He's a little thrown off, but he's making it work. What do you do? What? of my weapons am I able to use as a human? On your list of weapons, you've got your fists, which you can use as humans. Mm -hmm. You've got your psychic blast, which you can use as humans. And I think you've got a torso weapon. 
Yes. Yeah. If you pull your shirt open, you still have a torso weapon as a human. It's just built into the human body. Cool. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Now that I'm up on stage, I turn to Magic Mark and use my psychic fear blast against him. Roll me a kick some ass. Get him, Tailspin. Nice. Ooh, box cars. Nice. Plus two. So I have 14. Ooh. Holy Whoa. shit. A 14 on the first combat roll of the game. All right. So you fire your psychic weapon at Magic Mark. I would say this will give you the advantage with how effective this was. Do you want to take a plus one forward for your next roll or give plus one to someone else on the team for their roll? I would like to give my plus one to Bloody Mark. Great. So Bloody Mark has a plus one on your next roll and you suffer no harm in return. He is so shocked by this assault that you do not feel the blades of Magic Mark, who is absolutely shocked to be assaulted on the stage. And he says, where is everybody? Where is everybody? This shit's fucked up. Uh, And you ignored his armor on that because Mm. you did attack Mm. one of his weaknesses. So he does suffer two harm. S, are you doing anything at this time? I'm gleefully like, oh, yes, chaos is ensuing. (laughs) (laughs) More grits. (laughs) The audience is split. They can't tell if this is a part of the show or not. Doctor, what are you up to? Well, I'm just double checking to see if my bartender is uh, on his break or not. And then otherwise, I remember I'm here for Mark. I want to support him in his next steps. So I am just ready in the waiting. Great. So you're waiting to join forces however is necessary. Bloody Mark, you've seen the nightmare assault begin. Mm -hmm. The crowd is confused. The room is changing. What do you do? Bloody Mark is going to realize that he has to get out there and he he has to confront Magic Mark and he has to get in the face of Sydney eventually. Um, But I feel like the only way that he realizes that he can do that uh, is he's going to have to become part of the show. Okay. When he was in the dressing room, he's just going to quickly root around to see if he can find something a little more strippery. Okay. And he's going to snap that on. Roll me an act under pressure. Yeah. Something a little more like a tearaway, like a Joe Bluth tearaway <laughs> pant. Majestic. Yeah. Uh, that okay. is a 12. You find exactly what you want. So just describe what you look like yeah. as you come out onto the stage. So it is a, no, it's a cop outfit. It's a <gasps> full on stripper cop outfit. Yes. Yeah. Great. So you come out onto Sexy the stage. Constable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Magic Mark is under psychic assault, absolutely shocked by mm-hmm. what's happening. What does it look like to the crowd when you join the show? Bloody Mark looks like a schlubby version of regu- Magic, of Mark. Magic yeah. Mark, right? So I think it uh, it might look like to the crowd that they're doing like a before and after routine. <laughs> like maybe Magic Mark is like the after photo and Bloody Mark's like the, oh, I can do it too. <laughs> but I feel like Bloody Mark's really trying. Because my goal is having seen that he... Uh, is so obsessed with these mirrors and his own image. My goal is to start doing this like sexy duo striptease, but all the while slowly cutting his face really bad. Great. So you want to yeah. dance out. Yeah, and I want cut a little like face. a dance fight, but also a face cutting, and I want to kind of ugly him up pretty good. So your last roll would normally have been at minus one, but you got a plus one from yes, Tailspin. So out. this is all carrying forwards. No, is this carrying forwards in perpetuity? I'm, no, not no. Okay. Those, so how it works in Monster of the Week is if it's forward, it goes for one roll. If mm-hmm. it's ongoing, then it keeps going. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. perfect. So those two just are done now. Those two, yeah, we'll just write those off on the same check, which okay. is easy. And then you are out on stage. Can you roll me an act under pressure? This one is not going to be the decision. This is just how well you are dancing out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How well the stripping is going. Ooh, do I ever want to burn another bloodlust? <laughs> I don't want to use, I know, but I don't want to use them all up. You're going to roll real good. Yeah, I, oh, I can roll you can first. Roll first. You roll first, yeah. and then you yes. can decide. Okay. Yeah, you never Ooh, have to decide pre-roll. Yeah. 
Uh, that is a seven. That's a nine. You know what? I'll take a nine. That's a nine. So yeah. you start to dance your way out, and it is going well. Mm. Magic Mark, however, snaps out of his psychic vision and turns and sees you, and he sees you as a more immediate threat than Benjamin Franklin mm. because you seem sexier right now, and that's more <laughs> threatening to his stage show than someone trying to kill him. How do you knife fight? I feel like, again, it's all very, like, delicate and intricate. So there are going to be a lot of, like, he do a lot of, like, these, like, little strippery moves. And he goes to use Magic Mark as, like, a fireman's pole. But when he puts his head up there, he, like, just, like, <laughs> gives him a shaving cut, like, right under his, his jaw. Great. So we're having a dance-off between a paunchy, tired, much older version <laughs> of Bloody Mark and Magic Mark, who is shirtless in a thong and has a knife in both hands, and you are going to try to kick some ass. So mm -hmm. roll me a kick some ass. Well, Doctor, yeah. you've said you wanted to assist with this. I would this. love to. How are you doing that? I guess I could unleash a bit of potion or smoke into the air to make Magic Mark disoriented so you could sneak up at him and cut him. Roll me a joint forces. Okay. We got a seven, eight. The gas does spray outwards, which goes up and it does start to hit magic mark a little bit with the gas and it's affecting his dance is a little more more languid however it also affects bloody mark mm -hmm. who is also because it's a gas oh, and it's shit. now on the stage and it affects tailspin oh, so God. tailspin and bloody mark you will both be at a minus one forward for your next roll because you are getting stoned I oh, this is, okay all right this is big, oh, this is, i don't know what i'm up to up here this is cool so you because you received a plus one though mm. you are neutral on yep. this roll so you don't really need to write anything down yep. you're just neutral just keeping it straight. The help and harm. Uh, that is an 11. An yeah. 11. Nice mm. work. So you have the option. You could pass an advantage forward to somebody else, pass mm -hmm. a die forward. You could deal one extra harm or you could suffer one less harm than you would suffer in this fight. I feel like he's he's focused on dealing the most harm. He's really going to try and like get in there and fight. Dealing the most yeah. harm. So you lash out and you stab dear old magic Mark in the face. And he just starts yelling, my face, fuck, fuck my face. Mm. Uh, and he's so angry. You realize that you've gotten through his magical armor. Striking at his face is his weakness because yes. he is vain and requires attention. So you dealt with your ritual knives with how much harm? So three plus one, four Three damage. plus one. So you dealt four harm. That cut goes an artery. Honestly, yeah. yeah you, you slice across oh. the face and a flap of skin falls down. He's freaking out. <laughs> and the audience is now horrified because mm. this is clearly not a part of the bit. And they're starting to break and run, which also makes you more comfortable because mm. now the room is just full of fear mm. and screaming as things are meant to be. The dancing gets sexier. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, the pants whip off. Yeah. You, in turn, take three harm okay. from his intimate knife fighting. But... He started off showing uh, a sexy energy, and as the fight has gone on, he's now furious. So it means your armor will still be intact because you made him so goddamn angry, and you're comfortable with anger. So you will have two armor, which means you will only take one harm. Perfect. While the, this all is going on, I think as soon as the people, the crowd starts to break, well, I have heard many tales of Sydney, and I know that she is important to Bloody Mark. Mm -hmm. So I would like to try and stop her from leaving. Great. I'm still in my little shadow corner, so I think it's just stick arms into a corner, and then hands come up from under Sydney's chair where she's sitting, and try to grab her and keep her there. Try to trap Sydney. Great. Yes. Go for it. And you're using shadows, and you're in darkness, so okay. it's plus three instead of plus two. Perfect. 
That's is that nine? <laughs> yes. Nine plus three, so twelve. Twelve. Yeah. You nice. Do exactly what you mean to. So if you want to soup up the effect even more, mm. Sydney just becomes trapped in a shadow. It's Perfect. like the shadows are it's holding like her suspended her. inside the door. And mm-hmm. now the the crowd are just screaming and running around her. Tailspin. Normally you would assist, but you know that Bloody Mark needs to kill Magic Mark to be able to reclaim his place in the void. So how are you going to assist but let Bloody Mark have this kill? I think I'm just going to beat the crap out of her with my fists. You're coming in from the side, just punching the shit out of Magic Mark. Just left, right, left, right, <laughs> yep. left, right. And what is your plan for trying to to finish this battle? He wants to have like a big finishing move. So uh, I feel like as everybody's just pummeling on Mark, like he's going to do the full reveal, like the full Monty reveal. And then right at the end, he's going to give Magic Mark like the double knives. Like right in the old temples. <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Roll me a join forces for the use of your fists. But I will let you roll a join forces with your brutality stat because you are punching your way forwards. Ooh. Whatever your brutality is, you'll be at minus one because you are drugged from the stage spraying oh, stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to make an exception to this. You're a construct. So Ooh. you don't breathe the same way. So I don't think you can get high from gas. So I'm, I'll, I'll remove that mm. for you because you're okay. a construct. That would be a six. <sighs> So you are coming in trying to help, but because Bloody Mark is still feeling the effects of the gas, as is Magic Mark, they are both weaving in completely (laughs) unpredictable patterns to you. You know how people, Mm. you're just coming in swinging and you're kind of jostling them both. So you've you've ended up between the two of them somehow. Would you like to kick some ass? I would. Roll me a kick some ass. Let's do it. Idiot. Fine. It's an eight. That is an eight. You do your damage. You dance forwards. You take a knife in the gut and another one in the shoulder. Uh, You will take your one harm that pierces uh, through the armor again because you are stabbed that way. And sadly, so will you, dear Tailspin. Your armor is still intact because this Mm -hmm. room does not play to your weaknesses. You'll end up taking one harm from these knife stabs. But the Battle of the Marks is coming to a close. You have your moment to tag Magical Mark in the temple. Is there anything you say? Before you do this, he like gets Mark on his knees in front of him and then like gets right up like behind him and and whispers in his ears and goes, oh, you could never do it like me, darling. And then gives him the. (laughs) That's all the retort he gets in before you stab Mm -hmm. into both temples and you find yourself standing at the front Mm -hmm. of pickles. And when you look at you see that there is no one left in the building other than your three monstrous friends. And Sidney Strode, who's floating, mm-hmm. trapped in a shadow. What do you do? Oh, I do the entire, um, uh, not Pulp Fiction, stuck the, reservoir, the, the dogs. reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I do the full Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I get the, the doctor to put on Stuck in the Middle with you. Doctor, you notice that Jack Bacon, your favorite bartender, is hiding behind the bar. <laughs> do you want to try to get him to help play this song? Uh, Jack, do you have a Bluetooth connection back there? Could you help <laughs> us out? We need some music. Can you roll me a manipulate someone? Absolutely. Get out your iPod shuffle. <laughs> I was going to say an MP3 player. <laughs> you have a Zune. Ooh. Okay, that's an 11. Thank God, because my allure is minus one. This oh. is where I will flag something for you. If you spend a point of bloodlust, this mm-hmm. becomes an automatic 12. But this is the thing. If you score a 12 or higher... Uh, manipulate someone on an NPC, they can become a permanent ally who will follow you for the rest of your adventure. Well, I do have an affinity for uh, Jack Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I want to. No, it's like there's a minus one, but I don't even care. This is too good. So if you wanted to spend a point of bloodlust, you could have Jack Bacon become your assistant for the rest of the yeah, story. This yes, is a one hundred percent yes, please. So Jack Bacon is like, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I mean, I'll, I fo- I'll follow you anywhere, beautiful, and let me get out my MP3 player. You got uh, that and, right. And he plugs it in. I upgraded from a Zoom last week. Uh, and he <laughs> Jack, plugs in the Jack MP3. Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Crank it up, Jack. <laughs> and it's it is so loud. Yeah. The song is booming. You've got the opportunity. S mm. rotates Sydney Strode mm. in the shadow mm. to face you, and you get to dance across the room. Yeah. And when you get there, what do you do? I think he doesn't even say anything to her. I think he just is like absolutely relishing. Like you can just see it in Mark's face. There's like a carnal joy mm. taking place. And he's always like rubbing her little face and like the getting so close and then doing the rest of the dance and just leaning into it and then doing the same thing, like nicking her face a little bit and throwing his head back and laughing. And then right at the very end, he just slits her throat. Or he would. Oh! If there was not a flash of light. Shit. And Sidney Strode disappears. You! Oh, God. And then he oh. is furious. And you are left cursing. Don't blame you. Having yeah. defeated Magic Mark. But clearly, some other things are going on. Oh, Sydney. And that's the end of this episode, technically. But there oh. are questions that we must ask Ooh. at the end of any one of our episodes. Question one. Did we dispatch our current opponent? Yeah. Yes. 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 Did you kill someone horribly or do something even worse? Absolutely. A stripper death is about the worst kind. Yep. Did you learn something new and terrifying about the world? I would say the president not being the president. Oh, the president. Right. The secret president. What Brits taste like. (laughs) 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 And did you learn something new and terrifying about a member of the team? Well, we went to Mark's apartment, which was... (laughs) That is true. That is smelled like dried meat. That is that is a yes to all four questions, which means all of you receive two more experience. Sweet. So skulls all around. Thank you. Thank you. Is anybody up to five yet? I am. I just got five. Nice. Oh, we get two. You get two. Everybody gets two because you did those things on the adventure. Which means, our dearest friend Tailspin, you get to have an upgrade. So what are you going to upgrade? I think I need to upgrade my cunning. Great. So add another plus one to your cunning. Which brings me to zero. (laughs) And we will take a quick break and be back next week. (laughs) Sexy stripper death. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorraine Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Mithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia De Los Hoodless, Diovasis, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, 
Gus Schreider, Drama, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.